Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Bliss Goddess Podcast. I am your host, Shanice Jones, and today I am back with a very special episode because, as we know, today is March 8th, and March 8th is International Women's Day, and because of this day that we have here, I'm going to do this special episode, so that's why you all are getting an episode on a Tuesday, you know, versus, you know, like my Sunday and different things like that. Before you all kill me and ask me where have I been, why haven't I been recording, what's been going on, it's just, you know, sometimes life, like we're an adult, there's not just one period of time where, you know, life happens. As an adult, life happens multiple times. So within those times, that's when, you know, you kind of have to step back and reflect, you know, just try to get some things in order, Um, everything like with my podcast and with my website. And me getting back into start selling merchandise again. I'm trying to just get everything into order. So that way I can, you know, really just build this brand the way that I originally wanted to um, build it. So you're going to get podcasts as well. Merchandise is definitely coming back. I have so many ideas. Um, Starting some other new business ventures as well. So just trying to, you know, actually just be able to do all the things that I wanted to do for a very long time. But that's neither here or there. So we're going to get into today's episode, which is a special episode because on today, we're going to be celebrating women in sports um, because there has been a lot of good things happening, you know, with women, you know, for the past couple years. And it's just, you know, so great to see. And with today being International Women Day, my entire um, social media and everything is going to be surrounded around women in sports and also women other women entrepreneurs and different things like that so i wanted to do this episode to highlight a couple women um there are so many women that i can highlight however i don't want this to be like a 10 hour episode so i kind of just picked some people who has been on my radar for the past couple you know year or so as far as you know just kind of highlight their accomplishments and let's just talk about you know what it is that they have done and what makes them special and different things like that. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Beaker, wherever you're listening to this podcast, welcome. Thank you all so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And if you are new here, make sure to spread the word. And if you enjoy here, make sure you know you share the podcast and different things like that so more people can go ahead and come over here to the um, bliss goddess so the first um highlight that i want to get into today is actually something that's very recent um and that would have to be the u.s women's soccer team so if you're not too familiar with what has been going on for a couple years or so about three years the u.s women's soccer team have been under a lawsuit you know with the national with the national organization in terms of you know when they found out you know they were being significantly underpaid than their male counterparts and because of them finding out how much less you know they have been paid when you know they were let's be real they were better than the men's soccer team but they were not reaping the benefits of you know their work that they have done so back in march of 2019 28 players sued the u.s soccer organization alleging that female players were consistently paid less than their male counterpart despite superior performance on the field as i just stated the women's soccer team was the ones to be the women's soccer team was the ones that everyone was talking about 
back in, you know, like 2012, 2016, during the Olympic times, all like the FIBA World Cups and all that, the women's soccer team was the team that everyone was speaking about. People wasn't really speaking about the male soccer team. However, the men were still getting paid, even though they were not the ones who were, you know, on top. They were not the champions and different things like that. The women were the ones who were being talked about, but they just wasn't getting paid, you know, for their success. So another interesting point is that this lawsuit came months after the U.S. men's team failed to qualify for the World Cup in 2018. And just before that, the women's soccer team went on to win their second consecutive tournament in 2019. So imagine that you on this, you know, from London to Rio, then, you know, to uh, FIBA. And you're just on like this, you know, this little celebration um, ride. And you're getting all this praise. But then you see like your male counterparts not being on that same, you know, celebratory ride that you are on. But they're, you know, walking around with the million dollar checks and different things like that. So imagine you seeing them do that and you're like, okay, well, why isn't that we're not being celebrated with pay? Like, yes, people are celebrating us because we have won and they are celebrating us in terms of, you know, giving us this publicity and these interviews and all this praise. But it's only so far that. You know, it can go with the, you know, interviews and different things like that. So more, most recently, I believe as of last week, Seliman uh, um, was finally, 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 finally proposed. And the verdict of the class action equal pay lawsuit was determined that the women's soccer team will make an equal pay of $24 million as the men's soccer team. That is huge. And it is huge because women fight so much, whether in sports, but women also fight so much in other careers and different things like that, trying to get equal pay. So for these women to be able to make $24 million when they should have all, you know, they should have automatically made that anyway, but for them to win this lawsuit and they have to be paid $24 million, which is the same as the male counterparts, is very huge for women in sports. It's a very huge statement because starting to show that women not only need to be celebrated with the trophies or the endorsements or the fan love or the interview time, talk show hosts, whatever the case may be, not only do they need to be celebrated that way, they also need to be celebrated in their pockets as well. Whenever these women win these championships, whenever these women go out here and make history and do this and that, they also need to be celebrated with their pockets as well. And for the U.S. women's soccer team to now have an equal pay is definitely huge and is hopefully is the start of what's next to come with women in sports. As we have already seen some changes already happen with women in sports for like over the past year or so. So not only did they win that lawsuit for the $24 million equal pay, the U.S. soccer has also agreed to pay a lump sum of $22 million in back pay. They have to pay $22 million in back pay to players. 
And the Federation also would put $2 million into a fund for U.S. women's soccer players for their post-career goals. And each player will be able to apply for up to 50000 That is huge because sometimes you hear when, you know, these players, they retire, different things like that. They don't have, you know, a big lump sum of like a pension or a retirement or anything like that to where they can, you know, live comfortably comfortably or whatever they kind of have to you know just live off the means of what they have made throughout their career which hasn't been much because the pay just isn't there we already know how the pay is when it comes to women's basketball or other you know track and field or anything like that we already know how significant less the pay is so for them to put this money into this fund and use it as a way to help these women for their post-career goals, if charity work or whatever it may be, to help them stay in a place to where they can be comfortable and they can see where they worked all of these years and they have something to fall back on is definitely huge and it's definitely very, 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 very exciting to see that happen to the women's um, soccer team because it's definitely well-deserved, definitely well-deserved for all of the success they have had over the past um years or so so that's definitely huge that's definitely one of the um great things that has happened with women in sports um this year so far so the next thing i want to talk about is more history um you know women in sports came out of 2022 swinging um history was made at this year's 2022 winter olympics Black history was made at this year's 2022 Winter Olympics. Before this Olympics, only two black Americans had won an individual medal in nearly a century. A century, y'all. Only two black Americans. However, that changed when Erin Jackson became the first black woman to ever medal in the 500 meter speed skating. She and she took home the gold medal. When we think about winter sports, you know that there's already a pool of people of black Americans, you know, that's in that sport. So whenever these people come into these athletes come into and compete in these Olympics, it's already such a small pool when it comes to the Winter Olympics. But to see them dominate and to see them make history is definitely was a way to start off, you know, Black History Month, Women History Month. It was just very well to see because not only did she become the first woman to medal in that particular category, she was the first woman to medal in an event since Bonnie Blair in 1992 when she won her third straight gold. So 1992, y'all, was 30 years ago. So it took 30 years for a black woman for a black a black woman to win in that same category or and not in that same category but in that same overall Olympics. Thirty years it took, y'all. Thirty years. That's that that's crazy. So she became um the first woman after Bunny Blair and not only did Aaron Aaron Jackson make history also, Elena Myers also made history because she won the bronze medal in the two women bobsled event and she is now the most decorated black athlete in winter olympics history with five medals 
So both Aaron Jackson and Elena Myers-Taylor both made history. Myers-Taylor is now the most decorated black woman in Winter Olympics history. And that's just, that is another very accomplishment. That is something that um, screams for, you know, praise and congratulations. And it's just overall amazing to see, you know, these women begin to get recognized for their hard work in these Olympics, like these Winter Olympics, when we know that sometimes that particular Olympics is very, you know, favorite in a way because it's not as many of black people that participate in that particular sport so the next person that I want to talk about today is Candace Parker so Candace Parker is by far one of the most notable women in WNBA history when you think of people like Lisa Leslie um, Cheryl Swoops, Cynthia Cooper, Sue Bird, you know, Diana Taurasi. When you think of women in a WNBA, Candace Parker's name is always going to come up. Her name is always going to come up because she has done so much from the WNBA to even when she was in college, her her gold medals, her five NCA championships or three or five NCA championships her she now has her second WNBA championship and where she led the Chicago Sky to their first ever championship in their franchise history um, her leaving the Los Angeles Sparks and coming to Chicago of course you know people are going to have their doubts or people are going to say you know as these athletes get older are they the same people that they were you know, when they were in their prime, they have went through a drought, I guess you could say, where the Sparks really aren't the team that they used to be. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, they had Lisa Leslie and all them there. They was like in their prime. But not only, but once, you know, they left, it kind of went down for a little bit. And that's when, you know, they got Candace Parker. And, you know, they was able to have some success and, you know, win the WNBA title. But once after they won that title, it was kind of, you know, like a slow pacing time and during that time it caused people to you know kind of doubt Candace Parker you know whether it's with injuries her getting older in age people thinking that she does not have the same gist that she had you know when she was younger however after 13 seasons Candace decided to leave the Los Angeles Sparks and try to do something different and with her doing something different and her going to Chicago she was able to prove to all of these people that I'm still this same person she was able to get out there every night and score. She was able to, she looked like young Candace Parker. And so for her to do that, after being in the league, you know, for 14 years or so, to see her lead this team to their first ever history, franchise history championship is amazing. And not only do you see her doing that, you see her now, when they put, when they put her on the TNT talking about basketball, that is when I really, you know, started to praise her for everything that she has done within her career. They have her sitting up there, you know, with guys talking about men's basketball as a women's basketball player. You know, they are starting to bring, you know, those former WNBA players to these 
um, big time networks, whether it's TNT or ESPN, and have them speak with the guys and let them speak about men's basketball too because at the end of the day, they're all basketball players. So whatever you know, they know too because they play the game. There's really nothing. Basketball is basketball. There's no difference. The only difference is the gender. So when seeing Candace Parker kind of just get her roses and for her to be back into this um, elevated success that she has had with over the past year is just amazing to see. And um, she knows that, you know, her time is coming as far as her retiring. Um, so I think that she may try to do another season and try to win again. Uh, but once she does decide to retire, her legacy that she's going to leave behind is nothing far from amazing. Um, everything that she has done has been inspirational. It has been motivating and it has just been, you know, exciting to see. And I can't wait to see her do more broadcaster or, um, you know, analyst work because she gives a different perspective. Even when it comes to, you know, men's basketball, even though it's the same sport, a man's perspective and a woman's perspective is different. It's different not in what what the, the game, because the game is going to be the game. However, the perspective is different. So seeing her perspective against these guys is definitely, you know, amazing to see. It's definitely, like I said, very exciting and motivating. And I can't wait to see what else, you know, Candace has for the next year or so whether that's going to be as an analyst or she's going to try and do another season with the Chicago Sky. So the next topic is a little bit old. Well, not really too old, but I want to talk briefly about the 2020 Tokyo Olympics because there was so much history that happened in the 2020 Olympics. Women just dominated once again. Um, 2016, was definitely women dominated, you know, with all the medals that was won. But 2020 was also dominated by women as well. So I said today we're celebrating these women. So let's celebrate the history that these women made at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So this, so at that um, Olympics, women made up 49% of all athletes at the Games. This was the first gender equal in Olympics history. Which means the same percentage of the men equaled the same percentage of the woman. The men, the women were not outnumbered this year by the men. They were equal this year. And not only that, women brought home 58% of medals for Team, team USA. So out of all of Team USA medals, the women brought home 58%, which is more than half of the medals that the USA has won. And they set 10 new records. You have people, of course, you know, like Simone Biles, Suni Lee, Athene Mew, Jay Carey, Tamara Stock. You have all of these people who are making history at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And they are the women who kind of put the USA on the pedestal because they were the ones who really made, you know, everything. They made everything be what it was. The women were the ones who dominated this um this um, Olympics game so just a little bit of, there were five things that stood out in terms of how did these women make history so the first thing that made history by these women was that women flag barriers at the opening ceremony so for the first time ever 
nearly every country had a woman carrying their flag. And it was in a move designed to, of course, promote gender equality. I don't know if y'all realized that in the opening ceremony, but there was a woman literally for every single country um, that was there. And that's just amazing to see because it just shows that the women deserve their flowers in this sports. They are just as entertaining. They're just as good as the men, you know, that play these games as well. A next person was, of course, Simone Biles. Simone Biles, she made history in 2016, but now she also made history as far as, you know, her, you know, not really being in tune with the Olympics this year. Um, She made history in terms of, well, not really history. She made, what's the word I can say for it? She made us talk in terms of prioritizing different things when it comes to, like, mental health. So by her taking a step back from her work and promoting, you know, how how important mental health is, that caused people to talk, and that caused other athletes to come out and tell their stories and say how, you know, they have, you know, also struggled with mental health and how sometimes mental health can affect their game, and they know that they're not all the way 100% mentally there but they know that that's something needs to be worked on they know that it could potentially hurt their game so even though she did not um do what people thought she was going to do in the olympics she made noise in a different way um she brought awareness to something else that was equally important than her going out there winning gold medals so i definitely commend simone for going out there and mentioning her mental health and mentioning how important it was and and basically telling people how it could potentially be dangerous if she's not 100% there how she could you know potentially injure herself so I definitely commend her for bringing awareness to that and making you know all of the noise that she needed to do the way that she wanted to do we all know that Simone Biles is the GOAT when it comes to gymnastics we know she is one of the most talented successful there's really no other gymnast like her and we all are very aware of that. So she has already played her part in terms of winning the medals. But now it's time for her to also be there as a team player and make sure that she keeps herself, you know, comfortable first before, you know, anyone, any sport. The next person I want to talk about is one of my favorite athletes, and that is Addison Felix. So we all know this was her fifth Olympics, and she won a bronze medal, bronze medal in the 400-meter dash and a gold medal in the 4x4-meter relay, and she is now the most decorated U.S. Olympic track and field athlete in history. That is big. That is beyond big. For you to be the most decorated, when you, have, when you think about Olympics and you think about all of these other, you know, great athletes that come out of, you know, USA, all of these, you know, the Tyson Gays, or, you know, the Sonya Richard Ross, or, you know, the Marion Jones, or, you know, the Flor- Florence Griffin Joyner. Like, when you think about all these people, and for you to be the most decorated out of all these people so far, is definitely amazing. It's definitely, definitely amazing to see. And she has also been very vocal about moms, athletes, women in sports who are moms, who, you know, kind of are discriminate against when it comes to like their health and them being a mother and them not being able to do what it is they need to do or not being able to take time off because we all know what happened you know with her and Nike so 
it's just you know very amazing to see her have all this success at, at um 35 years old and for her to be the most decorated u.s olympian so kudos to allison felix the next person i want to talk about is nelly corda so if you're not familiar with nelly she's a golfer so she took home gold for the women's individual golf event in tokyo but her victory they say was even bigger than the medal and that's because her win made sports history as it made her the first golfer of any gender to win a major tournament. She also won the KPMG Women's PGA Championship in June. And then she won Olympic gold medal the same year. So kudos to Nelly. Kudos to all of this that she has done. Other golfers out there. There was the um, surfer from Hawaii who brought home the gold medal for the first, you know, state Hawaii um, it just, you know, has been amazing to see. And then, of course, I'm not sure if you all was watching Lily King, but Lily King definitely was making history as a swimmer. She won the two silver medals and the bronze medal. You know, people thought that she was the favorite for the gold medal, but she still, you know, was able to go in and win those two medals as well. And there just has been so much else. Sydney, Mag Sydney McLaughlin, we know that she made the history by being the 400 meters um, hurdles. Her and Dalila Muhammad, they were going neck and neck. And, you know, she had just broke the record, you know, during the trials. And so she came in and she did win the gold medal in the um, 400 meter hurdles. So that was like so much women's history. Katie Ledecky was doing everything. She was broke the record for most individual gold medals in women history six. And she became the first woman to win the Olympic gold medal in the 1500 meter freestyle. So it's it just was amazing to see all of these women do everything that they needed to do. And we can't forget Elaine Thompson. She did it in Rio and she did it again. And not only that, she had broke the record. So she had broke the record to be the fastest woman alive. After It was broken by Florence Griffin Joyner 33 years ago. So she became that. She did it in Rio where she took home 100, 200. Then she did it again when she uh, won 100, 200 in 2020. And that's when she broke um the record for um, Florence. So it's just, you know, amazing to see um, all of these women just do everything. I just, I just can't, you know, get over it. It's just been very, very wild. And then, of course, you know, Tamara Stock, her becoming the first black woman to win wrestling gold for the U.S. Just amazing. Just, just amazing, 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 amazing. It's just so much. It's just so much to do. Then you know you had Suni Lee, who became the first Hamag American gymnast to win the gold medal all around. And then you had Jasmine Camacho. She won 100 meter hurdles, and she was the first person from Puerto Rico to win that gold medal. So it was just so much women's history that happened, and it was just I could go on on and on about all of these amazing women that did their thing back in Tokyo. But it was just amazing. So before I get up out of here, I do want to mention two more women. But these are two women coaches who are very 
who have been dominating their positions as women coaches who are very notable in their careers, both professionally as players and also, you know, as coaches as well. And the first person I want to speak about is Don Staley. If you're not, if you don't know who Don Staley is, she is very known, you know, in the WNBA, but she is now the women's head coach for the University of South Carolina. So back in October 2021, she made history by signing a seven-year, $22.4 million contract for being the women's coach at the University of South Carolina. She made history as being the highest-paid coach, highest-paid black coach from that seven-year, $22.4 million. And not only that, that's when I when I spoke about the women's soccer team, I was like, this is, you know, just one more stepping stone. Cause we was able to see Don do it, you know, in October. Now the women, their the women's soccer team is getting their equal pay. It's just amazing to see. And the last person I do want to talk about is Miss Tara Van Deer. If you don't know who Tara is, she is this very respected, decorated women's basketball coach for the University um, of Stanford, Stanford, Stanford's women's basketball team. So when it comes to, like, you know, women's basketball for the NCAA, definitely think it's underrated. I enjoy watching women's basketball, especially during, you know, March Madness. I really do enjoy watching these women go out here and play because we want to be honest, their games be more interesting than the men. I'm just saying. So, yeah, so Ms. Tara Van Deer, she's also in the uh, running to be coach of the year along with Dawn Staley. Um, she's the most notable women coach. She's one of the most notable women coaches in NCAA history. On March 5th, 2022, which was a couple of days ago, she earned her 1,000th win. So she now has 1,000 wins as Stanford's head coach for women's basketball. That is huge. That is the type of numbers that women, you know, are trying to get to so they can be in the same playing field as the men. That is very huge for her to have finally have her 1,000 win for being their head coach. And she's also, you know, she's won three NCAA championships. She has made 13 March Madness appearances. She's a five-time coach of the year. Just overall amazing, overall legendary, overall iconic, just overall amazing and it's just so happy to, you know, see all of these women in sports who are actually, you know, doing things that they are finally getting recognized for. It's just so amazing amazing to see. And not only these women in sports, but also the women in sports that I have met, you know, by doing the Bliss Goddess. All of the women out there who, are, who do podcasts, who do journalism work, who out here are doing, you know, blogger work those who sell you know merchandise or apparel it's just so many amazing women in this industry and i wish none of these women nothing but the best when it comes to success i wish them nothing more um i just you know wish them more success in their businesses and their growth with anything both professional athletes and also the women who i met along the way um, while doing this podcast as well everyone is great I always enjoy seeing women dominate. I always enjoy seeing women being successful. And with today being, you know, International Women's Day, I just wanted to give some, some, you know, light on these women who has been doing amazing things in this industry and just give them their praise and their roses and their, um, 
their, you know, their notability because they have been, you know, doing this for a very long time, some of these women here, and to finally kind of have everything full circle is nothing short of amazing. So I really do hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Um, as I stated before, happy International Women's Day, and please be on the lookout for more podcasts. Um, I do will have some more coming over as well as some other things that I'm working on as well. So, again, thank you all so much for listening to me on this afternoon, and I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day.